This episode of the DLU podcast is brought to you by Goalie Nutrition. As someone who's used Goalie for quite some time, I can tell you that they're not only very good, but they're very beneficial. My favorite are the Super Green Gummies. The Super Green Gummies are uniquely crafted with a spectrum of essential nutrients such as vitamins A, B12, folic acid, and theamine. It supports a healthy liver function, healthy nervous and immune system, digestive health, a boost to your metabolism, and overall health and well-being. There are no artificial sweeteners, flavors, or colors from artificial sources. They're vegan-friendly, gluten-free, and gelatin-free. All loyal listeners of the DLU podcast get a special 10% discount at checkout. Go to Goalie.com, use promo code D-L-E-W. That's Goalie.com, use promo code D-L-E-W. This podcast is a Believe Network and Luciete production. another edition of the Dealers Podcast brought to you by Believe Network. I'm your host, Darren T. Lewis, and I hope you all are having a fantastic week as we head into yet another weekend. But um, this past weekend for me, you know, obviously I was uh, had my eyes glued to the TV as I was watching WWE SummerSlam, the premium live event that took place at uh, Ford Field in Detroit, Michigan. Um, kudos to all of my um, wrestling content creators that were out there covering the event that attended the uh, media scrum thereafter and um big kudos to all of you continuing to uh, work hard out there and uh, contribute to this art form this genre that we love uh, of professional wrestling but you know this week um is going to be a recap of SummerSlam on um, the whole entire event the matches you know what we thought and who's joining me is a, a woman by the name of Gabby her and I met the day after WrestleMania 39 at LAX. Actually, I was going into a, um, I think a, a, I think a novelty store or something like that. I wanted to get something. I can't, I think a keychain for my great niece who wanted me to bring a pack of keychain. But anyways, I had on my WrestleMania 39 hoodie, and Gabby and I reckon we just she recognized you know we were from coming from WrestleMania. So you know we swapped information and. I always wanted to bring her on to the show to talk wrestling. She's really smart. She's really um, very knowledgeable. And I love, love seeing where women are contributing in, in the in the content space of professional wrestling and sports in general. I love to see it. But anyways, we break down the card. We break down all of the moments that took place this past weekend at SummerSlam. And let's not wait any longer. The SummerSlam recap show with Gabby starts right now. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it gives me great pleasure to introduce to this week's edition of the DLU podcast as we recap um, this year's SummerSlam, the one and only Gabby. Thank you so much for coming on. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's been a long time coming. You know, you would go, just to give you uh, all kinds of context and background on uh, her and I's um, business uh, friendship, we met at LAX the day after WrestleMania. Like we literally were in a store and she saw my hoodie and you know, you know how it is. And when you see somebody is familiar, it's like almost like you see somebody in the mall wearing an NWO shirt, you throw up the two sweet. But in this case, <laughs> we just we just absorbed hours upon hours of pro wrestling for about maybe four or five days. So we had a lot to talk about and we swapped information and we've been, you know, we've been tied ever since. So I definitely appreciate uh Gabby, you know, taking the time out of her. A busy schedule to come talk, you know, come, you know, talk about SummerSlam. So, what's new with you? Uh, not much. Uh, looking forward to chatting wrestling with you for the next few minutes. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, to give you all some, you know, some background, you know, obviously SummerSlam took place this past Saturday at Ford Field in front of a crowd of fifty nine thousand one hundred and ninety four. At the uh, presser, just to kind of give you some context as well, as far as just some of the, re the the records that were set and broken at this year's SummerSlam, you know, during the um the, the media scrum, Triple H mentioned that um SummerSlam smashed an all time revenues record for a non WrestleMania event, generating eight point five million dollars at the gate at Ford Field. 
plus an additional $7 million in sponsorships from C4, Rocket Mortgage, and Slim Jim, okay? Not to mention, SummerSlam was among the three highest-rated premium live events broadcast on Peacock while blasting previous records in merchandise sales. Um, they also mentioned that the merchandise sales for this year's SummerSlam were up 60% from the previous record set in 2021 with the, amid the partnership with uh, Fanatics. And two years ago, SummerSlam was in Las Vegas. So as you can see, you know, WWE with a lot of momentum, you know, with a lot of business moves that they're making. So I got to tell you, you know, I was very, I was anticipating this event, you know, for a lot of reasons, you know, so many, you know, stories that were going in, into this show. And we're going to start off with the opening match. It was a Logan Paul versus Ricochet. You know, obviously Logan Paul had mentioned the, on a previous Raw that, you know, he wanted to have um, Samantha Irvin, you know, who is Ricochet's fiance, say his name. <laughs> what did you, what, give, give us your thoughts about what that match is all about. That match was insane. And actually it was my match to steal the whole entire card. Like I just knew that really? they were going to go in and kill it. I, that was my match. That was actually mm. my match to steal the card. Wow, wow. Well, for you know, for all intents and purposes, Logan Paul, I believe this match was put on first because he had to hop on a plane and fly mm-hmm. to to I think the the I think it was I forget where the uh where Texas? the other fight I think they were in Texas. I think they were in yeah, they were in Texas where his brother um Jake Paul was fighting um uh Nate Diaz. So he had to, you know, mm-hmm. do the match, hop on a plane and go uh be with his brother, but I got to tell you, they mesh so well. And I said this before on on last week's episode when I was just doing the preview for SummerSlam. You know, people want to say what they want about Logan Paul or whatever the case may be. I have never seen somebody just come in and just do it at the level that I'm just like, man, can you imagine if he was full time? And that's the crazy thing about it is everyone likes to diss him and say oh he's a part-timer he's a celebrity it's like do you not see the work this man is putting in in the ring like come on this man clearly can get busy like give him his props like the guy is insane he's not afraid to do a crazy spot right but i think also too it goes back to go back to like 2011 2012 you know when there was a lot of snickering with, with wrestlers in the back talking about, you know, how they didn't like the fact that guys were, you know, the part-time guys were coming mm-hmm. to get the big payday, you know, that type of thing. And I think that's where it stems from is that, and I'm not talking about so much wrestlers anymore. I think wrestlers understand now that it is a truly a business. And when you have somebody like a Logan Paul or like a bad bunny that can go in the ring, but they also bring outside eyes on the product, I think. That's where you kind of have to understand, like, it, at the end of the day, it's not wrestling friends, it's wrestling business. You know what I mean? 100%. So, 100%. And, and as I predicted, Logan Paul was going to win the match. And I also predicted there was going to be some underhanded tactics. Somebody slipped him a pair of brass knucks, knocked out Ricochet, got the pinfall one, two, three. That match was 18 minutes long. It was a nice opening match to SummerSlam. Now, we're going to go into the second match, which was um, the rubber match between. Cody Rhodes and Brock Lesnar. Obviously, anytime you're in a, you know, there's a Brock match, you're going to expect some type of some physicality going on Mm -hmm. in there. You're going to expect a lot of suplexes. You're going to be expecting some hard hitting action. You know, I think there was, there may have been about five or six or seven times where he knocked Cody out of the ring and Cody beat the 10 count, getting back in there. Talk about your feelings on this. Barely. Mm -hmm. I don't know what I from this match um mm-hmm. honestly going into it because again you know when you have a brock match you're gonna get like 45 suplexes you you know going into it right mm-hmm. but i think this time it worked because normally you have a brock match and you get your four or five suplexes your f50 then like all right we're done here mm-hmm. this match actually worked and it made sense it was a good way to put like the little ribbon the little ribbon on the match series you know what i mean like let's wrap this up good match keep the party going yeah, I mean, there was the, I mean, he made Cody look like a million bucks. I mean, not to say mm-hmm. that Cody couldn't look like a million bucks by himself because Cody's a damn good worker, but just the fact that Brock was willing to sell for him as much as he did. Cause, you know, Brock can call he his own shot. Sell. Right. Brock calls his own shot wherever he wants. Brock Lesnar does what Brock Lesnar wants to do. So looking at this match, you know, obviously the F5 on the floor, 
Cody gets back in. Then he does the F5 on the table, and Cody barely gets back in. And then that's when, you know, Cody does the comeback, and then he did the um that Cody cutter off the top rope. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. He got airborne on that. I was beyond floored. You know, how on, and like on you the- said, you never know what you're going to get with Brock, right? Because I mean, they have an idea of what you're getting yourself into, but Brock, Brock is going to do Brock. You can have one idea of how the match is going to go, and Brock's going to be like, you know what? No. And then goes to something completely different. So I can appreciate Brock putting over Cody. Like you said, not that Cody needs to be put over because it's freaking Cody Rhodes. He's good, right. but I can appreciate Brock being Brock, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like, not going off kilter, not doing too much, doing just enough where it's like, all right, good match, let's shake hands. And again, and then, of course, you know, Cody does three crossroads, you know, to get the pin, and what was, and um, what we later found out, this was completely unplanned. Brock took off his gloves, and basically, probably the biggest endorsement you could possibly give a professional wrestler of, of his of his ilk and that's shaking shaking Cody's hand and raising his hand and letting the people know that this is this is who we need to get behind and I thought that was like I never thought I never the last time I saw Brock do something like that when he was concussed to hell at WrestleMania 19 when um he wrestled oh, yeah. Kurt Angle you know what I mean mm-hmm. so you know just to see that it was like wow that was that was huge that what a moment so huge kudos to brock and huge huge kudos to cody because now not as SummerSlam is in the rearview mirror you know now we're on the road to wrestlemania you know wrestlemania is only eight months from now but these eight months are going to go by so fast you, it'll be here before you know it next up we have the 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 25 man slim jim SummerSlam Battle Royal. That's a lot of names in there. Slim Jim SummerSlam <laughs> Battle Royal. <laughs> My goodness. Hey, listen, WWE definitely got their money's worth, that's for sure. But the participants were Apollo Crews, JD McDonough, Rick Boogs, Otis, um, Ivar, Eric, Shinsuke Nakamura, Tommaso Ciampa, Cameron Grimes, to the boom. Um Austin Theory, yeah, yeah, you guys, cool. Um, Santos Escobar, Giovanni Vinci, um, Ludwig Kaiser, Ridge Holland, Butch, Matt Riddle, Omos, The Miz, Grayson Waller, Karrion Cross, Chad Gable, Bronson Reed, AJ Styles, and um, Sheamus, along with LA Knight. But I mentioned Omos because originally he wasn't in the Battle Royal. And mm-hmm. when all 24 were in the ring, you just heard somebody on the microphone. I was like, who's that? It was MVP. And he said, you know, here's, you know, here's, I'm bringing them out. So he brought out Omos. So what did they do? Of course, they, you know, they eventually do the gang up deal and they get Omos out of there. And I predicted if you, ladies and gentlemen, go back into the archives. I actually predicted who was going to be the last two in the ring. And it was LA Knight and Sheamus. Let me ask you a question. What are your what's your honest opinion of LA Knight? I love LA Knight. I think he is an amazing charismatic personality. I think he's great in the ring. Um he did an interview with Busted Open Mania Weekend with LaGreca. And if you haven't heard it, I definitely suggest you go back and listen to it, where he talks about his journey getting to WWE. Mm-hmm. Um, and it made me respect him a lot more. Um Push him to the moon organically. Like, we all love LA Knight. Everyone's like, put the strap on him. But again, I think it needs to be organic and not just them giving us what we want. Because we all know Vince don't give us what we want. Right. And I'm again, I am a huge LA Knight fan. Shout out to Tim, who runs um, the Yeah Movement Twitter account. It's now up to 28,000. I'm sorry, 22,000. 800 uh, followers right now. Oh um, so, yeah, it, the thing, like I said, I followed the page and he followed me back when he was at maybe 2,500 or 3,000. Oh, by the way, I didn't mean to say Twitter. I meant to say X. I'm so sorry about that. I just can't get the X it's app. Twitter for me. I mean, I feel you, but it's going to always be Twitter for me. It's going to, yeah, so. it's going to be Twitter. <laughs> what, what, what am I, I'm, I'm going to repeat what my man said in Coming to America. 
Um, Jack name it Twitter. I'm gonna call it Twitter. <laughs> right, my name. I'm gonna call him Cassius. <laughs> right, right. His mama name him Clay. I'm gonna call him Clay. <laughs> but yeah, exactly. <laughs> but getting back to L.A. Knight, like I, you know, obviously when he was in um, TNA Impact Wrestling as Eli Drake, and he he did the NWA Power thing. You know, he was he had to get the gab. You know what I mean? And he was always good on the microphone. There was no doubt about it. And I I, I love the um. Let me talk to you. You know the the you know the talk show he used to do, and he would do the he would hit the dummy button, dummy, yeah, mm-hmm. dummy, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so so charismatic. And I don't know if a lot of people remember he was on the Rock's um reality show in 2013 called The Hero. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and like the minute that like LA Knight started gaining some buzz, people were just like going in the pigeonhole and finding all these commercials he was in. And I'm in my mind. I'm thinking, okay, wait a minute. He was in WWE's developmental system, was it, 10 years ago? Mm-hmm. What was it that they didn't see? So I'm not going to spoil the interview. However, I will say they get into that in the interview. Um, and it wasn't necessarily what they didn't see in him. It's I don't know how to say it without saying it. He did not take full advantage of opportunities. I will leave it at that. Um, Got it. So... I think that they saw something in him, but he did not fully commit to what he needed to commit to. No, and you know what though that and then that make that can make a lot of sense because a lot of times if you know maybe you may not you may think you're doing you know all that you can, but they probably mm-hmm. see more a lot more potential in you than what you're giving. So that being said, I totally get it. But man, it's like you sometimes good things happen to those who wait and i mean absolutely uh, he's turning what 41 years old later this year so i mean he doesn't look like an old man he i mean think about it your top wwe stars are either approaching 40 or they're in their 40s aj styles is a year older than me 46 years old brock lesnar 46 years old um you know edge is is 50 you know what i mean you know performing at a high level you know even with Mm -hmm. AEW with um jericho jericho's turning 53 this year so i mean as long as you're in shape, as long as you're doing all the things you need to do to keep your body in shape and all those things, that's that's all that really matters. And if you can perform, that's all that matters. And I think they they were getting into you know talk about the age thing was um kind of the, the 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 thing that was holding them back. And I'm just like, well, that wasn't an excuse to make him a manager. I mean, come on now, that's that's just that was just ridiculous. Yeah, that was bad. But anyways, L.A. Knight did win the Slim Jim SummerSlam Battle Royal by by throwing out Sheamus as I predict would happen. So again, kudos to LA Knight. And um, by the way, that promo on uh, Raw with the Miz, I I think that's the few, and you know, I was hoping that they were going to move him to Raw because I didn't really, I really didn't see a, a, a fit for him to be on SmackDown. He, no, he's not a SmackDown person. 100%. And I, I think he needs to, he need whenever he opens up Raw, he needs to say, welcome to L.A. Night Raw. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I would love that. I would love that. And I, But I think The Miz is probably the best guy he can feud with right now because The Miz can get him over. You know, and I think that promo, and I think they were trying to test him too to see how well he would do on depression. I think he handled it very, very well. So we'll see what it happens. It says a lot when you can go toe-to-toe with The Miz on the that's yeah. all you have to say about that. But see, if here's you the can thing. go toe-to-toe with Miz. But also, too, but when the Miz screams and yells, he's almost coming off as a as a sympathetic baby face. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it, it kind of, I don't want to say it's going to turn the fans against LA Knight, but I'm just like, you're kind of getting sympathy because of, I've been here 20 years, blah, 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 blah. But man, when LA Knight hit him with that, you know why you've been here 20 years? Because you're safe. He said... You tease like they treated you like crap. They tossed you out the locker room because you let them do it. He said, if that was mm-hmm. me, no, no, Papa don't take no mess. I said, damn. <laughs> I was like, he was on it. Ain't wrong. Well, exactly, exactly. Next up, we have the uh, MMA rules match between Shayna Baszler and Ronda Rousey. You know, as I was saying in the preview show uh, last week, that um, it sounded like this was going to be the swan song for Ronda. You know, she was going to, she was basically on her way out. And this is her way of, you know, putting over Shayna. I thought this was the wrong crowd to do this match in. Tell me your thoughts. Um, I think that this was the wrong crowd. And I think this was just the wrong way to go about ending this feud. Um, I think that most WWE fans are not MMA fans. 
So you watch it and you're like, what is happening? You know, there's going to be a lot of striking and that's great. It just, this match just, it didn't flow with the rest of the card either. It didn't. And to me, at first, when you're okay, when you're doing an MMA, because again, I watch MMA faithfully, whether it's uh, mm-hmm. UFC, uh, PFL, Bellator, whoever. I w- even there's been some independent cards that I'll watch because I'm a I'm very passionate about the sport. Mm-hmm. But when they say MMA rules match, I'm like, okay, is it going to be um, three five minute rounds? Is it going to be? You know what I mean? Is it? Are they going to have a? Yeah, corner? tell me more. <laughs> no, right, right. They re- it was a very vague explanation of the mma rules match so i'm like okay if they're and then i said oh they're they're just going to be working punches or working kicks into it i think um ronda may have shot on the for real because uh shane is rocking a shiner right now but Ooh, um baby. yes she is yeah but you know again we'll tie the bow on this particular match shana does win with a rear naked choke and i think that'll spell the end of uh the wwe in-ring career of one rowdy ronda rousey um, do you really think she's done, or do you think, think she's gonna go away for a while? Like I just, I, I can't see, it. I can't see her coming back, especially as her daughter's getting older, getting you know, getting bigger and everything. And you, I mean, being a mom and carrying a baby on the road that can be tough. And and I and for any and for any mom, working mom out there, for any working mother out there, I applaud you. I was raised by a single mom, and heck, she had to raise me. Right, let's <laughs> just get that out the way. But <laughs> hi, mom, I love you. But point is is that i think this ronda just wants to just focus on her home life you know what i mean you think travis has travis has his two boys you know living there too so again i just at this point it's like and you can figure that it was more of go away heat with ronda i just think the fans were just resenting her i don't know why but you know the fans that were once you know fans fans of hers you know they went sour on her that's just kind of how some fickle wrestling fans are you know who you are so (laughs) (laughs) one million percent all right. Next up, we have um, for the Intercontinental Championship, we have the champion uh, Gunther representing the Imperium, um, challenging Drew McIntyre. What were your thoughts? Were you thinking there was going to be a title change, or you think they're going to prolong no. this feud out longer? No, I think that they want him to break. They, I think they need to get Honky Tonk out of the paint. So I think they're going to at least have him break Honky Tonk's record, and then after then we can start talking about Gunther dropping. Um, but I never went in. I knew it was going to be a great match because Drew is an amazing talent. And mm-hmm. so was Gunther. I knew mm-hmm. it was going to be very heavy hitting. Um, but I honestly never thought that Drew was going to take the strap off of Gunther right now. Yeah, we, we it was big meaty men slapping meat. Um, that that was I knew that would be the theme of the match. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. it, it, it's crazy to think that the Honky Talk Man lost the Intercontinental Championship at the very first SummerSlam in 1988 against the Ultimate Warrior in a 35 second match. I actually remember that SummerSlam vividly. I was mentioning it last week that my very, I think in my top 10 favorite matches of all time, the opening match to SummerSlam 88 is in my top 10. The British Bulldogs oh, wow. against, the, against the Rougeau brothers. My, one of my, my absolute, one of my favorite matches, 20 minute time limit draw. I actually met Jacques Rougeau a couple months ago at an um, autograph signing in Philly. And I actually walked up to him and told him, I said, you have one of my absolute favorite matches. He said, which one? I said, SummerSlam 88. He's like, oh, the 20-minute Broadway. I said, yep, absolutely. One of my <laughs> favorite matches. Mm-hmm. But this match, like I said, you know, Gunther, he, I don't think people are really appreciating his style of wrestling, what he brings to the table, um, his presence. I just love the the, the presentation of, of Imperium. What do you, what, what do you, where are your thoughts? I love their presentation. Um, They are probably one of my favorite stables in wrestling period right now. And I'm interested to see how they end up playing with um, Ledwick. I'm kind of curious how they're going to play out with that and Kaiser. Like, you have Gunther as your star, but are they going to push the other two to the moon as well? Like, what are we going to do with that? Because they can't just be Gunther's homeboys you know what i mean like i they can't just come and do this cool entrance and be like all right now you're gonna start taking some elves like well, no like i need to see them progress i need to see them do things like i need to see them in the ring more often well i have a i have a solution i would say being that kevin owens is injured and by the looks of Sami Zayn's elbow last night he might be a little banged up if i'm the wwe brass you know hunter or whoever i'm rebranding those tag team champions those championships um, 
if you want to make the world tag team champions and the WWE tag team champions and rebrand them, I do that. And I put those titles on Imperium right away. Absolutely. Uh, I'm surprised I haven't done it yet. I was waiting for them to do the rebrand. Like I caught the, everyone's attention when they did the women's. I was like, mm-hmm. all right, cool. They're next. And then it just didn't happen. So like I need them to make that happen. <laughs> yeah, they were saying, I had read something where Kevin Owens just wasn't really happy with the way that the tag team thing was going. Mm-hmm. And I can understand because I think when you when when you have a storyline as deep rooted as the bloodline, I think the focus goes on you know what I mean. And again, this is I'm this is no shade towards the bloodline at all. Like I I really enjoy you know the the the, the amazing storytelling that they're doing. But I think also when there's so much energy put into you know into that package. It's like, okay, what do you do with everybody else? And I mm-hmm. think with when you had tag teams, like the New Day returned on Raw the other night. And there was just, I just think they really need to re-up the tag team division. If you want to have one set of tag team championships and they're, and they're going to intertwine between Raw and SmackDown, I say go ahead and do it. You know what I mean? Just one mm-hmm. set of belts and a tag team can, that the tag team champions can feud with a team on Maybe uh, maybe they'll be exclusive to SmackDown while they're feuding with one team, and then they'll go to the next team on Raw and whoever the the champions are, and they'll feud with that team on Raw. And I think they can go back and forth and do that because to me, I think the tag team situation is a bit different than the than the of course the single titles across both brands. You know what I mean with the women's Mm -hmm. and the world the men's titles and things. I think it's a little bit different, and of course the two mid card titles, the U.S. title and the um. And the the Intercontinental Championship, but I think to me, if, they, if here's the solution to what you talked about, as far as uh, um, Da Vinci and um, uh, Kaiser, is I just put the tag belts on those guys, especially now that Pretty Deadly is going to be out of uh, commission for a while. So, yeah, I really wanted to see Pretty Deadly get it, but yeah, in due that, time, I suppose. yeah, then due, due time. time. <laughs> hopefully, if, hopefully, if he's back by WrestleMania, hopefully they can uh, get you know they can probably win the belt. But again, kudos to Gunther. He did retain um, the the IC title. He I think he won by a, a power bomb, and I think um, Honky Talk Man. Better, I, I, you know what? Did you see when um, Kareem Abdul Jabbar was at the Laker game when LeBron broke his record? Mm-hmm. I think the Honky Talk Man needs to be wherever you know they need to have him present you know what i mean at you know when they're gonna when he eventually breaks his record because then that was a, i mean think about it that was a 35 year record of the of mm-hmm. the ic title as far as consecutive you know you know as far as the, the as far as a, a title reign is concerned for that for that particular title i don't hate it sure <laughs> I'm cool. I'm cocky. I'm bad. This episode of the DLU podcast is brought to you by Goalie Nutrition. As someone who's used Goalie for quite some time, I can tell you that they're not only very good, but they're very beneficial. My favorite are the Super Green Gummies. The Super Green Gummies are uniquely crafted with a spectrum of essential nutrients such as vitamins A, B12, folic acid, and theamine. It supports a healthy liver function, healthy nervous and immune system, digestive health, a boost to your metabolism and overall health and well-being. There are no artificial sweeteners, flavors, or colors from artificial sources. They're vegan-friendly, gluten-free, and gelatin-free. All loyal listeners of the DLU podcast get a special 10% discount at checkout. Go to Goalie.com, use promo code D-L-E-W. That's Goalie.com, use promo code D-L-E-W. Next up, we have um for the World Heavyweight Championship, we have uh Seth Rican Rollins um defending the championship against Finn Balor representing the Judgment Day. So many moving parts. You take over. What what were you did you think that a a title change was gonna was going to happen for this particular match? What were your thoughts on that? Actually, I, I did actually. I really wanted Finn to get this win. Um However, looking back, they obviously teased this faction splitting with Damian Priest, and they're just kind of continuing to kind of chip at it. So I'm not mad at where I believe this is heading. Um, but honestly, I did want Finn to win. I kind of did want Finn to kind of get his to get his title after how he lost his first run terribly. Um, mm-hmm. Didn't end up that way. But again, I see what they're doing. I'm not mad at it overall. And I mean, of course, it was a great match because Seth and Finn have amazing chemistry. Yeah, I mean, as I said, as I was stating in the previous um, 
last week's episode as far as just where they've been, you know, as far as their their as far as their wrestling pro wrestling journeys, as far as you know being you know, being big on the independent scene and really bringing that to WWE, two of the best to me, two of the best workers in the world. I honestly thought that Finn was going to win the title. And what would happen is that uh, Damian Priest was going to cash in. cash in on Finn and win the title. That's what I thought was going to happen. But I have a feeling, and call me crazy if you want, you have permission to do so. I don't know if you paid attention to Rhea Ripley's makeup last night, but it had the initials JD on it. Now, I was thinking, wait a minute, was that for Judgment Day or was that for JD McDonald? Your thoughts? That's a good point. Um, I I'm curious now. You that piqued my curiosity. All right, gonna have to pay attention to that. Good, 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 good eye, good eye. I'm all about the details and what the WWE has been doing lately, and they've been doing such an amazing job at is just really just the, the you have to be really really smart and just just pay attention to the minor minor details and when i saw that cuz she never i don't think she's ever worn the jd initials on cuz she would usually have mommy or um dirty dom or dom dom or something like that but when i'm looking at jd i'm like wait a minute judgment day or jd Mc, especially with jd jd mcdonald was standing right there you know what i mean mm-hmm. so I have a feeling that um I don't I don't I just can't see Judgment Day without Priest, but then again, who knows? Maybe they may kick Finn out and JD might might take his say, place. If anything, yep, I was gonna say if anything, they can kick out Finn, which wouldn't be the first time Finn's got kicked out of a faction. Um, yeah, that's true. Shout out to the Bullet Club. Bullet Club um, yeah. it, you know what I mean? Like it, it. I'm curious to see how they end up playing this. There are a lot of ways that they can go with this, and I'm just going to be a fan and not think about it too much and just kind of see how it plays out. Exactly. No, no, no. I, t- I totally agree. Next up, we have the triple threat match for the uh, WWE Women's Championship. Um, The champion, Asuka, was defending against um Bianca Belair and Charlotte Flair. Um, I was predicting that Asuka was going to retain because I felt like it would have been way too predictable for either Charlotte or Bianca to win the match. But I did mention if Oscar did somehow retain that we may get a cash in. So, so I actually wanted Oscar to win because I think that her and Io would have been an amazing match. Agreed. But that was agreed. my reasoning behind that. Um, because I mean, at this point we need to realize that Charlotte Flair does not always have to be in the major ticket for the title, it's okay for her to be like a side quest somewhere and like it works. So her and Bianca can have can run it back. Cause again, Bianca still has not gotten over Charlotte Flair. She's like on the four horsewomen. Mm-hmm. And I just think that EO and Asuka would be an amazing match. The two of them would get insane in the ring. And I'm like, you know what? I'm here for that. Agreed, agreed. And I mean the, the the match was really really physical. There was one mm-hmm. spot where Bianca had um I think fell off the apron and you could hear a big thump. I legit thought that she literally hurt her like she was like literally hurt. She sold the shit out of it. Mm-hmm. She, but no one threw up the X, and that's why I was like, yeah. wait a minute, what what the hell's going on? And of course they were. I mean, she ended up working her way back into the match, and was a Charlotte had the um the figure eight on Bianca. And I think Asuka spit the um the mist, mm-hmm. and R- Bianca ends up rolling out Asuka one two three. Uh, Bianca becomes the brand new WWE Women's Champion, but <clears throat> cash in happens. Cha ching! EO Sky runs down, cashes in money in the bank, does the moon salt one two three new. WWE Women's Champion EO Sky, and of course, um, Bailey comes um, out to celebrate. And to a surprise to everyone, Dakota Kai, who's currently um, nursing an injury, came out to uh, help celebrate. You know, uh, EO Sky's victory, and how ironic that a year ago at SummerSlam, Bailey returns with EO Sky and Dakota Kai. So, very, very uh, monumental moment. You know, seeing you know those three in the ring, but I have a feeling about something, and maybe we can we can um, do a deep dive about this. Do you foresee there being some potential jealousy down the line where Bailey 
starts to inquire a little bit about, hey, you know, uh, you know. Absolutely. They've been pinning at it. They've been teasing at it. Because if you mm -hmm. remember, like, Bailey costs EO a bunch of matches before we got here. Mm-hmm. And Bailey needs something to do. So that checks out to me. We'll see how it plays out down the line. Like, of course, she's going to cheerlead for her for the next few weeks or so. But at some point, Bailey's going to be like, listen, I'm actually going to need that title about you. Or I could totally see them doing a tag team match. And let's just say, I don't know, Bailey gets pinned. Bailey gets really mm -hmm. angry and attacks EO Sky. And EO Sky becomes your big baby face champion. I mean, cue up Sasha and Bailey, like mm -hmm. part two, run it back, run it back, run it Absolutely. Back. And I think now, then now you can you can really line up, you know, some heels, you know, to you know, to put in front of EO Sky to see, you know, if they can, you know, dethrone the champ, so to speak. So again, kudos to EO Sky. I'm, I'm really happy. Number one, that um, that you know, she, she someone new, you know what I mean, someone that's ne never been in a title picture before on the main roster, but. What gets really interesting is that the rumor of uh, Kyrie Sane coming back Absolutely. to WWE, you know, because I know Kyrie was over at, at Stardom, I think the last maybe year or two, mm -hmm. whatever it is. So I think bringing her back, I think that'll really, really uh, stir some things up a little bit in the women's division. I think she was missed. Um, it, it sucked that she had to, you know, go back, but I'm glad that she was able to um, work out something to come back. Then we have the main event of the evening, Tribal Combat for the Undisputed WWE Universal Championship. The champion, Roman Reigns, with the wise man, special counsel Paul Heyman, taking on his cousin, main event, Jey Uso. Now, a lot of us wrestling fans, you know, we, we like to get swerved, but we also know there was no way that Roman was going to was going to lose the title. Am I am I am, am I right? Am I, am 100%. I right? 100%. I don't think anyone in that arena thought that was going to happen and I think that we all also knew that his brother was going to turn on him. Um, oh, yeah. because it's been teased, it's been done before. I think that it played out very well, but again, I don't think anyone was surprised that this is what happened. But also too, like I was thinking last week I'll say, "Oh yeah, I think Jimmy's going to cuz I mean, you haven't seen Jimmy on TV since he got the beat down." Mhm. Mm you know what I mean? And I was saying in last week's episode, I said, you know, I have a feeling that Jimmy was going to fall in line and he was going to do the deed and cost uh, Jay the match. I'll tell you what, though, that crowd was solely behind Jay Uso. Like, I think Jay Uso, if let's just say, for example, if Jimmy decided that, you know, he wants to, you know, you know, retire or whatever, I think Jay Uso can really be one hell of a singles wrestler. Like, he, that crowd was so behind him. You know, on, on Saturday night, and he was doing the, the head pop in with the with the with the theme song, and the crowd mm -hmm. was just eating it up. And it was a, it was a very entertaining match, very entertaining match. It told an incredible story. But you know, when Jay does the splash, and they were very right, right very close to the apron, you see somebody drag him out. He had a hoodie on. I said, "Up, oh, that's Jimmy," and that's exactly who it was. Yep. He had the um the 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 bandana over his of his face. He revealed who it was. And, you know, obviously, you know, you had Solo getting involved. And I'll I tell you what, I think Solo's about to put paws on somebody, man. <laughs> I'm here for whatever they want to do with Solo. Um, I agree 100%. I would love to see Solo. I think that Solo's going to be your wild card. I think that uh, Solo might come in a line with his brother. Because I mean, kind of see Solo's gears yeah. turning, especially when he's like, "Yo, you're doing." He's doing the same thing to you he did to us. Like, right. come on, bro, figure it out. So I think that uh, I wouldn't be mad at a Solo revenge plot. <laughs> because remember, Roman had actually speared Solo because Jimmy moved. I mean, not Jimmy. Uh, Jay moved out of the way, and mm -hmm. you saw Solo was like, "Hey, man, you've done this one too many times. You had too many slip ups." Like, what you know what I mean? That he says mm -hmm. so much, saying so little. Like his, like he's a main. Like you would think that someone like Solo Sokoa had been on the main roster for ten years, and he's only been on the main roster for nine months. He made his main roster debut at Clash of the Castle last September. Mm -hmm. There has never ever been a bad wrestler coming out of that family. Not one. No. Not one. And it's and just I don't amazing. Think we're gonna see one. 
No, 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 no. And huge kudos to uh, Zillow, um, Zillow Fatu, uh, Umaga, the late Umaga's son, who made his um, his professional wrestling debut a few weeks ago down at Reality of Wrestling at Booker T's uh, school. So he's training with Booker T. And it's just it's so ironic that the Usos were training with Booker T because I don't know if you ever heard the story about when Umaga kept asking them, hey, when are you going to get serious and get in this wrestling thing? And he took he literally told the um, I guess the girlfriends of the, the twins at the time, they said, Hey, I'm taking the twins to Houston with me in the middle of the night. They packed their stuff and they started training with Booker T. This may have been about 2007, maybe. And mm-hmm. they started training with Booker T. And next thing you know, he and, and now they're one of the greatest tag teams ever, ever, ever. You know what I mean? And that's no disrespect to Tully and Arn or to uh, the, the Road Warriors or the Dudleys, but the Usos. When it comes to just WWE, they I would have to say they are the greatest tag team in the history of WWE, and they're just a, they are they are amazing. But Roman does retain the championship. Um, I don't think we'll probably see Roman again for the remainder of the year. I I don't think so. Maybe what do you, what do you think? I don't know. However, he is listed somehow on the backlash. Not the backlash. What is the next one? I forgot. Payback. 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 I think he's listed on the payback flyer. I don't think he's wrestling in payback because for what? Obviously, the match is going to be Jimmy and Jay. Um, Right. But I can't see him getting past at least Survivor Series. I don't think we'll see him until Survivor Series, maybe. Probably. But also, we will see him this Friday on SmackDown where, you know, of course... The uh the stipulation was that you know you were to acknowledge the tribal chief and that was that was the the stipulation of the match. But you know, all in all, if you was the on, on the gabble meter, if you were to you know score SummerSlam out of ten, what would you give it? Uh, I think that it would be a perfect ten out of ten if we didn't have that Ronda Rousey match. So I got to give it a nine. Okay, I I'll take that. Great. Now, I think it's pretty high. I think it's pretty high. Right. Now, there were some matches that we fought, and and, and as a matter of fact, um, some people in the media had actually um, addressed this to, to Hunter. Shout out to uh, Emily May um, Heller. Uh, shout out to uh, Brian H. Waters. Shout out to Nikki Bougie and to everyone that are uh, wrestling content creators that were at the media scrum uh, this past Saturday night at SummerSlam. You know, you all are doing amazing work out there. So kudos to all of you and representing us proud for sure but um they did bring up the fact of you know you know like the matches like trish stratus and i thought that was an obvious match that was going to happen at SummerSlam, and it didn't happen mm-hmm. you know what i mean like even um austin the- like even uh bill after shout out to uh, bill after um who is the um who was notorious for obviously doing camera work for in an editor for um, PWI magazine uh, those many, many years ago. And he was even asking about, you know, why Austin Theory wasn't defending the United States title. You know what I mean? Like there were just some matches on the, on the card that were just, that were missing from the card that I'm just like, why would you have a blow off match on raw? I mean, no offense, but if for, you know, Trish Stratus who came out of retirement and I, I know you were not a fan of it when we, t- when we first met, you said you were not you were not a fan, but let me ask you a question though. Did you eventually come around? Considering no. really, even considering the fact that she's given Zoe Stark the proverbial rub? I don't hate. I mean, I don't. So let's go back to context for that. Everyone knows me, knows that like I'm not, I wasn't here for Trish Stratus when she first came in. Okay. And I'm still not here for Trish Stratus. Um mm-hmm. However, eh, sure, why not? Um, but even I have to agree with that match needed to be on a on a live premium event and not just Monday Night Raw. Even I have to agree with that. That match should not have ended up on Raw two weeks later. Like, no. Like, if you're going to pick a women's match, why the heck did you pick Shayna and Ronda versus over Becky and Trish? I was Even I was confused at that. Like, what are we doing? How did we get here? Right. And I know um but Hunter said in, in response to that, he said, How can I pull a match when the match was never announced? And I'm like, Well, he had a point. He ain't wrong. Like, he's not wrong. He he's not wrong. It was hella implied. Like Right. But um at the same token though, it was just like 
I was like, that match is not on the card. Because originally, I thought when they had announced that um that the Battle Royal was going to be on, because at first I was thinking the Battle Royal is going to be on SmackDown. And I had DM, mm-hmm. I said, damn, LA Knights are going to be on pay-per-view. But then when they said, mm-hmm. oh, the, the LA Knights going to be, the, the LA Knight Sheamus match is going to be on SmackDown and he's in the Battle Royal at SummerSlam. I'm like, oh, the Battle Royal is on SummerSlam because they're actually getting the sponsorship from Slim Jim. So, right. and LA Knight is in the, um, he's in the commercial along with Bianca Belair. Huge kudos. But fun fact, they actually asked for them. He just, Slim Jim specifically asked for LA Knight and Bianca Belair. Well, this definitely, um, they're moving in the right direction considering many, many years ago when THQ was doing the cover for WWE 13 and they specifically wanted CM Punk and someone in the office like, mm-hmm. no, I think he wants Sheamus. And they're like, mm-hmm. no, no, we want CM Punk. And we and want CM, what we want. We want CM Punk will actually see if somebody had forward CM Punk the actual email. I'm like, oh my God, he saw the email trail that he was the WWE yes. champion at the time. And the company rather had had Sheamus on the cover than Punk. Punk ultimately ended up being on the cover, but the fact that like now you got these outside sponsors, these outside companies with big budgets and you know obviously big influence, saying, "Hey, we want this person as our sponsor, as our as our spokesperson." Hey, and not saying, "Oh yeah," but yeah, you know. Then hey, mm-hmm. hey, listen, I just downloaded L.A. Knight, and I don't have. I mean, I have ringtones on my phone, but I actually downloaded the L.A. Knight ringtone from iTunes. So anytime someone does call me, I can just say, let me talk to you as an only way to pop myself. I love it. <laughs> love that. But but you say you give SummerSlam a nine. I would say the same um, in a sense of just the flow. Like I said, starting off with a, with a banger of a match with uh, with uh, Logan Paul and Ricochet. I thought that match was, was beautifully put together. And you know, and and obviously the Cody Brock match being a lot better because I mean, again, you again, like we said earlier, you just never know, you know, what what you're going to get in a Brock match. And I just thought they it, it was really slow, methodical storytelling, and really, you know, really making you feel sympathy for Cody. And that crowd just they Cody didn't lose the crowd, and that's what I'm I'm the most proud of in regards to this run in WWE. By the way, did you get a chance to watch the Cody documentary on Peacock? I have not watched it yet, unfortunately. I need to watch it tonight. I mean, I've heard, heard great things about it. Let me tell um, you I've something. I've seen a lot of the clips, so I feel like I've watched it, but I have not. They went it. places I didn't think they were going to go. And I'm not saying this is a bad thing, but the fact that he did say AEW on a WWE, you know, produced documentary. You know, he talked about that company. I mean, the Bucks had to give them permission to use um, being BT, the elite. Being the elite, um, yeah. And I think that's part of what Cody. I don't want to say it's in his contract, but like Cody is not going to not acknowledge AEW. He's not going to not acknowledge the things that he's done outside of WWE. And I can appreciate that. Whereas I feel like he does it very casually, very professionally, like very like, yes, I was a part of this This is part of my life. He's not taking shots at AEW where AEW takes shots at WWE. So it's very done in a very respectful manner. So I can appreciate it. Whereas, like I said, AEW was like, no, we're taking shots. And Cody's like, no, I'm acknowledging it. I appreciate it. It's what it did for me. It's part of me. It's part of my past. Um, So I think it's always done very tastefully when he mentions AEW. But he doesn't shy away from it. And I can appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, listen, AEW, I, I felt was needed. Because I think it forced when, when there's competition, you know, of course, you're going to you want to be on your A game. You, and of course, you're going to want to do more. You know what I mean? Because, I mean, heck, during the Monday Night War, you know, you saw the very best in both companies at one point. You know, WCW was leading and mm-hmm. the WWE just took it to the next level. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. you know, with AEW and, and Grant, I, I don't like to compare the two companies because WWE had a close to 60 year head start over AEW. So I would never, as a wrestling fan, as a wrestling historian, I would not want to disrespect AEW by putting them in the same box as WWE because they still have miles to go before they're even... It's apples and oranges, honestly. Big time. Big time. I mean, but I put it to you this way. And we're we're going to get out of here in just a second. You know, they're on the all-in pay-per-view that's taking place in Wembley um, later this month. I think this is AEW's WrestleMania 3 in this regard. The fact that mm-hmm. they were able to I think a very young company, because think about it, Vince had only owned WWF, I think, for six or seven years by the time 
um, WrestleMania three came around, right? So obviously mm-hmm. we're, we're we're in the fourth or fifth year of AEW, and they're close to eighty thousand fans with only maybe a match, um, a match. Um, and they, first of all, there was no matches announced when they were at seventy thousand. There's only been one match announced so far, and it's MJF and um and Adam Cole. So again, it, it's formally announced. They hinted at FTR versus the Bucks, and they hinted at something else. I think but they hinted at punk, at punk and um punk and, and Joe. Uh, Joe and punk Joe. And, Joe. and yeah. I think you know uh, you're gonna get a lot of hardcore fans is gonna wanna clamor towards that, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. But again, I'm glad that professional wrestling, the the sports entertainment genre, is um doing big business all across the board, whether it's WWE, AEW, um, obviously of course a Ring of Honor, um, uh, New Japan. MLW, Impact Wrestling, you know, the list goes on and on. Even the, the company I work for, Monster Factory Pro Wrestling, you know, we're it, the business is just in a really, really good place, whether you're a fan or whether you're a worker in the business. So kudos to everyone, you know, that's that's definitely getting their flowers and, and making it happen for sure. Gabby, before we head out of here, give the people all of your social media where they can follow you and where they can tune in and see what you're doing. All right, guys, you can find me across all social media platforms, Twitter, Rx, um, Facebook, as well as Instagram. It's H-I-I-G-A-B-I-I. So, hi, Gabby. Come say hey to me. Follow me over there. Cool. Well, Gab, you know, this won't be the last time, you know, you come onto the show. I definitely appreciate you, you know, taking the time out of your busy schedule, like I said earlier in the show, you know, to uh, to, to give your opinions. So we can go over the uh, the recap of the show and hopefully we can um, go over all in and all out. And we um, will definitely talk about Absolutely. those things as well. I look forward to it. All right. Well, take care and uh, we'll see you soon. Well, that does it for this week's edition of the DLU podcast. Again, I want to thank uh, Gabby for taking the time out to talk about SummerSlam and all that went down. You know, best wishes to her on what she continues to do. And I'm hoping that she can uh, return to the show so we can discuss more pro wrestling events, you know, definitely down the road. But um, you can always follow me on social media. So if it's the form, if it's the app formerly known as Twitter, known as X now, threads, Instagram, the spill app, Mastodon, TikTok, Hive, you name it. Or even fan base, you can follow me at the real DT Lou. Facebook is Derek T. Lewis official page. You can go to my YouTube channel and you can also subscribe. You can look me up under Derek T. Lewis or the real DT Lou. You can go to my t-shirt store, shop.derektlewis.com, but you can get your, your uh, cool tees and hoodies. Make sure you go there. Also, again, my next single, Espacion, featuring Angie Stars, comes to all of you. August 25th on all platforms, okay? So to get the pre-save, make sure you go to my bio, okay, on all my social media. You can go to my bio, and you can go to the link where you can actually pre-save Espacion. You can save it on, pre-save rather, you can save it, pre-save it on Apple Music, Spotify, or Deezer. So make sure you do that. Also, this Saturday, you can catch me at the World Famous Monster Factory for Evolution of Champions. Make sure you check us out. Tickets are on sale now. You can go to monsterfactory.org for um, ticket information, or you can get your tickets at the door. Uh, Doors open at 6.30. Bell time is at 7 p.m. Well, again, I'm going to get out of here. And as I always say, no matter what it is you do in life, always remember to make it count. See you next time.